In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received the mercy, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bond servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the, it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard depressed on every side, yet not crushed, or perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh, so then, death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what's written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to be abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Grace of God the Father be with all of us. Amen. In this chapter, actually, St. Paul started by, in verse 1, he said, We do not lose heart. And then he mentioned so many reasons why we should not lose heart. In spite of all the affliction and the trouble and the hardships, 
that's why he repeated again in verse 16 therefore we do not lose heart so we will discuss together why we should not lose heart according to this chapter the first reason St. Paul in verse 1 said therefore since we have this ministry as we have received the mercy we do not lose heart what does this mean in chapter 3 St. Paul spoke about the ministry of old covenant before Christ and the ministry of the new covenant maybe this will be another lecture but basically the ministry of the old covenant you are going to say to the people you're dead you're eternally dead that's basically the ministry there is a commandment you disobey the commandment the wages of sin is death you're dead and he called it the ministry of death but in the new covenant it is ministry of salvation you are going to say to the people you were dead under sentence of death but I have good news for you Jesus carried your sins Jesus died on the cross to set you free now you are alive now you will inherit the kingdom of God so can you imagine if I send you to somebody to tell him you will go to jail you will be under sentence of death you will be executed and I send another person to say to somebody you are under sentence of death but now they actually dismissed all the charges against you and you are alive which one will be motivated to deliver this message I'm sure the second one the first one will be so reluctant to go and deliver that message that's why St. Paul said therefore since we have this ministry the ministry of joy the ministry of forgiveness the ministry of salvation the ministry of resurrection the ministry of inheriting eternal life as we have mercy because we receive the mercy from God to forgive us our sins and to give us the eternal life and to give us the fellowship with the Holy Trinity that's why we don't lose heart can you imagine if you have a message to say to a person in prison who is waiting for execution you, can, you, are, you are going to tell him here is the good news all charges are dismissed and خلاص, you are released there is no execution anymore while you are going to this person you have so many obstacles are you going to overcome them or not do you have the motivation to overcome them yes are you going to lose heart no because I have good news to deliver that's exactly what he meant therefore since we have this ministry as we have received mercy we do not lose heart the second thing that actually makes the person yeah, yeah, number one the type of message the content of the message it is a joyful message a message of salvation that's why you don't lose heart second thing actually if we are 
living in sin there is difference between abiding in sin and repenting from sin all of us who are sinners all of us but I differentiate between a repentant person and a non-repentant person if you are a repentant person then you will not lose heart in ministry but if you are a non-repentant person you will not be motivated for so many reasons number one sin in itself can be obstacle to go and preach message of salvation to others if you are not repentant number two how can you tell them you will be victorious and you are you, you yourself cannot be victorious Number three, maybe you will doubt the promises of God that God set us free and you are struggling and living in, in non-repentance. That's why second reason St. Paul said in verse 2, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame. What does mean hidden things of shame? We renounce the sins that we do it secretly and bring shame to ourselves meaning we are living the life of repentance regardless how many times I fall I will rise again because Jesus carried my sins so I will never allow the hidden things of shame creeps into my heart I will not allow, allow Satan to tell me you are a failure Jesus does not love you God is rejecting you you have no salvation no we renounced the hidden things of shame yes I'm struggling with sin until now all of us will struggle with so many different sins but every time we fall we rise again we repent confess our sins we take communion that's why we are triumphant in the Lord Jesus Christ so don't let struggling with sin to be a major reason to lose heart the Lord said I did not come to call righteous to repentance but sinners the whole do not need a physician but the ill so don't let the hidden things of shame to make you lose heart live the life of repentance Rise from your sin, as we heard in the morning. Arise from your sin. Carry the bit of sin. Throw it away and walk following the Lord Jesus Christ. Another thing actually can bring shame to us. Not walking in craftiness. Not walking in craftiness. Craftiness can be in my lifestyle meaning hypocrisy I present to the people I am godly I am holy but I have dual life life in front of the people but I have another wicked ungodly life away from the people no servant should not be this way Servants should not be on Saturday night and night clubs and Sunday morning serving in the altar. You cannot do this. 
you cannot combine between both. You cannot falter between two ways. If Baal is God, worship him. If the Lord is God, worship him. Don't go back and forth. Don't live dual life. So, not walking in craftiness, deceiving people, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. What does it mean not handling the word of God deceitfully? If you think about all the denominations, all the denominations, they are using the same text, the same scripture. But if we are using same text, why we have so many different denominations? The problem in interpretation, how to interpret the word of God. Some people, unfortunately, they handle the word of God deceitfully. So, I have already doctrine, I have already belief system, and I twist the word of God in order to fit this belief system. But others, they go to the word of God, seeing what God wants us to learn from his word, and then they handle the word of, word of God rightfully, as you hear it in the Divine Liturgy, which is taken from, uh, I think, Second Timothy or First Timothy, handling the word of God righteously. So, what brings shame to the person? Non-repentance, craftiness, handling the word of God deceitfully. If I am non-repentant servant, I live in craftiness and hypocrisy, or I handle the word of God deceitfully, this eventually will make me lose heart. I will not be motivated. But a person who is repentant, and a person who lives in integrity, not in craftiness, and he handles the word of God rightly, he will not lose heart. But, verse 2, by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So, I am not going to impress the people. Pope Carlos did not try to impress the people. But he lived his life in truth. He lived with integrity. So, people actually could see in him that he is a godly man. That is the manifestation of the truth appeared in him. And he commended himself to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So, St. Paul is not saying to us, try to commend yourself to every man's conscience. No, he is not saying this. But he is saying, if you live according to the truth, the truth will set you free. Then the truth in you, who is the truth? God. I am the way, the life, and the truth. So, if you live according to the truth, what will happen? This truth will be manifested. And when it is manifested, then you are commended in every man's conscience in the sight of God. And this actually will motivate the service, will make you not lose heart. So, why people lose heart? 
Number one, the content of the message. We are not carrying message or delivering message of death, but rather message of salvation. We should not lose heart. When I am living life of repentance, I'm not losing heart. When I'm living in integrity, I'm not losing heart. When I'm living according to the truth, I'm not losing heart. When I handle the word of God rightfully, I will not lose heart. But somebody will tell me, you know, I am I know that my message, the message of salvation, I'm not the ha- handling the word of God uh, deceitfully. I'm living the life of repentance. I'm living in integrity, not in craftiness. I, I live according to the truth, but people are not responding. People are still living away from God. Where is the problem? The answer in verse 3. He said, but even if our gospel is veiled, veiled means when I deliver the message, it's not clear, as if it is covered under veil. There is no fruit. It, It is veiled to those who are perishing. Yes, I deliver the message to everyone, but the group of the audience, there are two groups. People who will receive the word of God and will repent, and people who will reject the word of God, those who are perishing. It happened with John the Baptist. If you remember the first Sunday of Tooth, the tax collector and the sinner accepted the message of John, of John the Baptist, glorifying God. But the Pharisees and the scribes reject the message, not glorifying God. So. The, veil, the gospel was veiled in the scribes and Pharisees and priests and high priests. The same happened with the minister of our Lord Jesus Christ. People listened to him, but people rejected his message. So St. Paul said, you know, if our gospel is veiled, don't blame yourself. Don't be discouraged. Don't lose heart. It is veiled to those who are perishing. Why? Unfortunately, verse 4, whose minds, the God of this age, who's the God of this age? Satan. Satan has blinded. Make them blind. They see the truth, but say, where is the truth? You know, Satan blinded them who do not believe. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God should shine on them. So, when Satan, why Satan is blinding them? Satan is blinding them because he doesn't want them to believe in the gospel of Christ. Because if they believed in the gospel of of Christ, they will be enlightened. But Satan actually doesn't want them to be enlightened. Think about transgenderism. Think about people who say there are 62 different types of genders. You can see how they are blinded. Think about evolution. And if you ask, you know, the greatest evolutionists, what is the source of life? They cannot answer this question. They are blinded to say there is no creation, there is no creator. 
things is very very clear but they are blinded why because satan doesn't want them to be enlightened by christ and see the deception those people who are blinded they call themselves the enlightened people nowadays those who do not believe in the inerrancy of the scripture people who believe in evolution and not in creation people who support homosexuality and support transgenderism they call themselves the enlightened so satan actually is deceiving them satan is telling them you are the enlightened although he is blinding them the same trick that he did with adam and eve he told them you will be similar to god and in reality they were separated from god actually if you think about people who call themselves enlightened right now they are blinded they are blinded but they are deceived by satan satan blinded them lest the light of the gospel of the glory of christ who is the image of god should shine on them so saint paul here is giving another reason why we should not lose heart if we see the gospel is veiled it's not your problem it's because people accepted the deception of satan and chose to be blinded by satan calling themselves the enlightened although they are blinded another reason why we should not lose heart he said in verse 5 for we do not preach ourselves but christ jesus the lord and you ourselves your bond servant for jesus sake we are fallible we are sinners we are weak if i'm preaching myself then i am preaching something very weak ungodly sinful but we are preaching christ who is perfect the source of godliness the source of holiness what does this mean some people judge orthodoxy for example based on what some orthodox people do either they are lay people or priests or bishops you know as if these people are preaching themselves as if orthodoxy preach these people but no we don't preach ourselves don't judge orthodoxy or any other religion or any other denomination based on the people because all people are fa- um, fallible go and study the belief system itself what orthodoxy preaches what islam preaches what protestantism preaches what catholicism preaches what judaism preaches what mormonism preaches study these things but don't judge any religion or any denomination based on the acts of people again 
we will be discouraged if the people start to judge orthodoxy based on the conduct of people. That's why St. Paul tell you, if somebody starts to tell you so-and-so is acting this way, this servant, this abuna, this bishop is doing so-and-so, we don't preach ourselves, but we preach Christ. All of us are bond servant for Jesus' sake. And this bond servant, either the people or the servant, as God was able to bring light out of darkness, God can help these people to repent. You know, during the time of the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, people, I'm sure, they judged the thief on the cross as a thief. And many people condemned him and they said he will go to hell. And maybe other people actually praised Judas Iscariot as one of the 12 disciples. But at the end, who perished and who was saved? Don't judge before time. People who are judging other people right now, first, who are you to judge? Second, you don't know the end of this person. Maybe this person, God will save him at the last moment. So don't be discouraged if some people right now tell you, see, this deacon is doing so and so, this servant is doing so and so, this priest is doing so and so, this bishop is doing so and so. You need to remember two things St. Paul mentioned here. Number one, we are not preaching ourselves but who are preaching Christ. Who cares about what this person doing or not doing? All of us who are fallible. But second point, you need to remember verse 6, for it is the God, the same God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness in Genesis chapter 1, who has shown in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So, these people whom you are judging, as there was darkness in Genesis chapter 1, and the Lord said, let God shine, and then there was light, in the same way, God can shine in the heart of these people. And God can shine in the heart of these servants. So that the knowledge of the glory of God will be revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. Don't be discouraged. Some people, when they see some attacks on like on Facebook, on the church or clergy or whatever, they get discouraged. Don't be discouraged. We are not preaching ourselves. We are preaching Jesus Christ, our Lord. Another reason that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Can, can you imagine if you have a treasure. Usually the treasure you put it in a safe, protected, so nobody actually can come close to it or destroy it or steal it. But if you have this treasure in like envelope, easy we can be torn and thrown away, you will be concerned. So we have this treasure in earthen vessels and he will explain from verse 8 
what he meant by earthen vessels. Why? Why God allowed the treasure of the ministry of the new covenant, which is ministry of salvation, ministry of joy, ministry of life, ministry of fellowship with the Trinity. Why God allowed this to be an earthen vessel? If you have a treasure and you put it in safe and nobody was able to steal it, well, you will give the glory to what? To the safe, right? But if you have the treasure in just weak envelope and you give it to somebody to carry this envelope in his hand and nobody was able to steal the treasure from him, you will give the glory to the envelope or to the person? To the person. Because the envelope can anybody actually uh, snatch it from his hand, right? In the same way, God gave us the treasure in earthen vessels so the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. We are the earthen vessels, you know. So we are like the envelope that has the treasure. So this treasure, why in earthen vessels? So the glory will be to God, not to us. What is the earthen vessels? He starts from verse 8, give you several examples. Number one, he said, we are hard depressed on every side. Persecution from outside. Doubts from inside. People from inside the church want to divide the church. People from outside the church persecute us. But in spite of all of this, yet not crushed. Then who protected us? It's us who protected ourselves? No, it is God. The excellence of glory will go to God. Hard depressed from every side, like from every side. So if actually I pressed this hardly from every side, what should happen to it? It should be crushed. But if it's hard depressed from every side and not crushed, then there is a protector. Who protect this? God. God. So the excellence of glory will go to God. Second example. We are perplexed. Oh, how, how can I handle this situation? I have this problem. I have this issue. There is a division here. There is persecution here. How should I respond to the authorities? How can I respond to the people who are casting it out? So, perplexed all the time. Making decisions all the time. In the ministry. But not in despair. Because God told us, don't worry about what you're going to say. Because the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very moment what you need to say. Yes, we are perplexed. It's many situations. Oh, how can I handle it? Then you will find answer from heaven. Tell you, do it this way. And you will find this answer is the right answer. Who, who actually is guiding us? It's the Holy Spirit. That is the promise of God. Don't worry what you're going to say or what you're going to answer. Because the Holy Spirit in that hour will teach you what you want to say. Third uh, example. Persecuted. But not forsaken. You know, our Coptic Church, since it 
was established by St. Mark. Until nowadays, all was always, also, always persecuted. It was the plan of many governors, many emperors, many presidents to completely destroy the Coptic Church. It was the plan of some other denominations to completely destroy the Coptic Church. It is still the plan of many people on the social media to completely destroy the Coptic Church, but not forsaken. Don't be afraid. Don't lose heart. Don't be discouraged. God said, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And you have 2,000 years of history to tell you how God protected the Coptic Church or the Orthodox Church in general, how God protected the Orthodox Church from persecution, not forsaken. And the last example, or another example, struck down, but not destroyed. If you, you carry something and you throw it down, you strike it down, it will be destroyed. But many times, actually, people not only persecuted the church, but they tried to strike it down, to, to completely, you know, knock it down. Yeah, read the history of the church, but not destroyed. St. Paul, he mentioned how many times he was scourged. How many times he was in prison? How many times he was stoned? How many times he reached the, the moment of death? And not only St. Uh, Paul, St. George, you said in the Sexology of St. George, seven years and 70 kings. Can you imagine? 70 kings and seven years. They could not destroy him. And even after they killed him, he, they could not actually stop his ministry as intercessor, powerful intercessor for the believers. So, yes, war struck down, not destroyed. So, the earthen vessels were persecuted, were perplexed, were struck down, were hard depressed. But God is not forsaking us, is not allowing us to be destroyed is not allowing us to be despair or not crushed. Why? Because He protects us. So all glory to Him. The glory is not to earthen vessels, but the glory to Him. Why now you lose heart? Why now you doubt yourself? Why now you fall in despair? God is the same. Another reason uh, or another example of earthen vessels in verse 10. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why or how? From the moment of baptism, we die with Christ. Then, literally, some people like St. Paul, uh, when he said in Romans, we die for your sake all day long. All day long. We die for your sake. You know, St. Paul, they stoned him in Thessaloniki to the point of death. Maybe you will say he will take break from ministry. Then he went to another city, Berea, and he started serving immediately. You know, why? 
Yeah, he is carrying in his body the dying of the Lord. St. John Chrysostom spoke about ministry of the priests. And he said, the martyr dies one time, but the priest dies every day. In his ministry, because he's giving up his life for to serve the people of Christ. So the priest is a martyr every day, dying every day. That's earthen vessels. That why we do this, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. When we die for Christ every day, but still we have energy, spiritual energy and physical energy too, to serve the Lord. This life is not our life, it is the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. We saw his holy Shenouda. 10 days before his departure and he was in severe pain but he insisted to give a sermon you know and and we can see how he is carrying in his body the dying of the lord but the spirit the life of jesus is manifested in him to the last minute in his life he was serving the lord so we should not lose heart Yes, I know my body is dying. I know my body carries the dying of Christ for this ministry. But I know also the life of Christ will be manifested. St. Peter was in prison and he was about to be executed the following day, dying for the Lord. But the life got sent an angel and delivered Peter. And those who died like Peter or Paul or James or whoever, after they died physically, still their life as witnesses, as intercessors, they are praying for us before the Lord. Verse 11, For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, as explained. Always delivered to death. Why? That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. When St. Paul is stoned, but now he can serve, we can see death and the life of Christ in him. So then death is working in us, the servant. Why? Why we go and do visitation from house to house, why I spent the time with people talking to them? I'm speaking with some school servant, with youth or with children, teaching them hymns, teaching them the Bible, teaching them about the saints. Why you do all of this? And you take from your time to give. Why? So the life of Jesus will be in the people. We die for Christ so that you live. Death is working in us but life in you. Another reason why we don't lose heart, he quoted David in one of the Psalms when David said, I believed and therefore I spoke. When we speak, when we preach, we are speaking and preaching because we believe. I'm not speaking, if, if I don't believe that God exists, I will not preach. If I'm not believing in the resurrection of Christ and the resurrection of the dead, 
how can I preach something I don't believe in it? So, so because we believe, that's why we speak. But if my faith, you know, is suffering doubt, then how can I preach? That's why St. Paul told us, do you want to know why we should not lose heart? And since we have the same spirit of faith, same spirit like David, according to what's written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. So, if your faith is strong, your ministry will be strong. If you believe in something, actually, if you believe this school is good, when actually you talk to people about this school, you will speak with zeal because you believe that this school is good. But if you believe this school is bad, you know, or does not exist, or you have doubt about this school, when you speak about it, you will be reluctant. I believe, so I speak. And what is the core of our belief system? Verse 14, knowing that he, God the Father, who raised up the Lord Jesus, will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. So, do you believe in the resurrection of Christ? Yes. Are you sure you believe in the resurrection of Christ? Yes. Then, go and preach the resurrection of the dead. Go and preach the message of salvation. Go say to the people, you will be raised with Christ. Because as God the Father raised Jesus, he will raise all of us with him. He is the first fruit. All of us will be raised with Jesus and have fellowship with him eternally. Verse 15, for all things are for your sakes. Why God created Adam and Eve in the sixth day? Why he did not create them the first day? Because he has to prepare the world for them. Like if you have a guest, you need to prepare everything before he comes. So God created this whole universe for us. For us, all things are for your sake. The incarnation, the crucifixion, the death, the resurrection, the ascension, all these things for whom? For us. So, the man is the center of God, center of the attention of God. So, we should make God the center of our life. All things are for your sake. That grace, having spread through many, through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. When we understand that all things are done for us, for our sakes, and then many people believe and accept the grace of God, and we see the grace of God working in them, then actually thanksgiving will abound to the glory of God. Let me give you an example. When we saw the 21 martyrs of Libya, and we saw how the grace of God supported them, and they were very, very strong. All the world, and I literally mean all the world, from all denominations, they are praising and glorifying God for them. So when we saw these people, 
how the grace of God spread in them and supported them and made them strong, then this caused thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. So we should not lose heart. We believe, that's why we preach. And we believe in salvation. We believe in fellowship. We believe in, in resurrection. We believe that all things are for our sakes. Why you are reluctant in your ministry? Why you are weak in your ministry? You should not lose heart. You should not be discouraged. You have good news. Go and preach it. So thanksgiving, graceful spirit through the many, and thanksgiving will abound to the glory of God. Therefore, verse 16, for all these reasons, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. In spite of all the tribulation, hardships, challenges, persecutions, struck down, perplexed, we will not lose heart. And he gave the last reason why you should not lose heart. What about aging? We're getting old. All of us. He said, even though our outward man is perishing, Yes, we are getting old. But the inward man is being renewed day by day. From outside, we are aging. But from inside, we are renewed like eagle. As we read in Isaiah chapter 40, he will renew your age like youth, like eagle. So God is renewing us. And we see many fathers who are very old in age, but their spirit is like youth, strong, renewed every day. And if the outward man is perishing because of the persecution, not because of aging, well, we know that our light affliction, which is but for a moment. And I want you to see how St. Paul made comparison. He used the word affliction, in front of the affliction, he used the word glory. So here there is affliction and glory. Affliction and glory. How he describes the affliction? He said about the affliction two things. Number one, light and for a moment. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. So this affliction is light and for a moment. But this affliction which is light and for a moment is working for us. Glory. How it describes the glory? Instead of light, he said wait. And instead of for a moment, eternal. So heavy and eternal. So yes, there is affliction here. But the affliction is light and for a moment. This affliction, the outward man, that is perishing will work for us glory that's heavy and eternal for our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory the let's think why we should not lose heart because don't focus on what is seen. 
but focus on what is not seen. As he said in the last verse, verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. If you look at the persecution, you will lose heart. But if you look at the eternal glory, you will not lose heart. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Think about St. Stephen. What is seen? He is in a pet, people carrying stones, they are stoning him to death. That's what's seen. If he looked at what is seen, definitely he would have lost heart. But St. Stephen did not look at what is seen. What did he do? He raised his eyes and looked at the heaven, at what is not seen. What did he see? He saw the unseen. He saw the heaven is open. He saw the Son of Man. He saw carrying, uh, standing at the right hand of the Father. He saw the glory, crowns prepared for the saints. That's why he said, God, don't hold them accountable for this sin. And he did not lose heart. If you are looking at what is seen, I promise you, you will lose heart. You will be discouraged. But switch your focus, not on the earthly, but on heavenly. Not at what is seen, but at what is not seen. Then you will never lose heart. You will be strong. Even if you are in a pit, and people carrying these stones, and, and throwing these stones against you, you will not lose heart. So this chapter is a very powerful and motivating chapter. When you feel that you are discouraged, you lost your motivation, you are losing heart, you don't have the same zeal in service, go and read Second Corinthians chapter 4. Why we should not lose heart in our ministry. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.